radical left has taken over the Democratic Party. Hello and welcome to Think Progressively, covering politics and all the other chaos life has to offer. This is episode 54, recorded on Friday, November 19th from Milwaukee. I'm Joe. And I'm Jason. And we're back! Yay! Hooray! Sorry we took a little hiatus off. Someone was on vacation for a little while and then I got crazy with my schedule. So, we had to take three weeks off, but we're back. And on today's episode, we'll break down the recent Kyle Rittenhouse verdict and all the craziness with that. But first, the headlines. The fact is that everything he's saying so far is simply a lie. I'm not here to call out his lies. Everybody knows he's a liar. Up first, Jason, let's talk about this Build Back Better bill. Yeah, it's so great. Hooray! Yay. They signed it today at the House. Hooray! Jason, say hooray! Yay, can Yay. fail in the Senate. Yay. Yay. Yay! Okay, so let's talk about how this went. So the House was actually set to vote right before their recess um, for Thanksgiving, and Republicans did whatever they could to try to filibuster it, including a crazy two-hour tirade from House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. Did you see any of that? I saw some highlights. Oh, guy, he went like all about like how crazy the Democrats were. He even talked about the whole AOC and Gosar thing, which we'll talk about a little bit as well. And he literally just wouldn't shut up. But eventually passed. We voted on it. And it's it's still not as great as what we would want. I'm not uh, happy with the salt, the sales and local tax cap removal. Well, I was just going to say, why don't you talk a little bit about that? So it was something that was in place from the last giant tax break given to the rich and there was a cap of $10,000 of itemized deductions that you could take on your state taxes. So it's the state and local tax, SALT. And so they removed that cap, which would be like, oh, it's a tax cut. Well, sure, if you have more than $10,000 in itemized deductions. Do you have more than $10,000 in itemized deductions, Joe? Oh, you know I don't. <laughs> and neither do I. And neither does 95% of the country. And it is only the wealthy that generally will benefit from this tax break. So again, it is always we got to think of inflation in the economy and not spend too much money. We got to be fiscally responsible. Oh, tax cut for the wealthy? Yes. Yes, we have to do that. Anything to give more money in the hands of the people that don't need it. Well, why did they do that? What's the point of it? To appease Joe Manchin, of course. Of course. <laughs> Who will probably not vote for it anyway? Probably not. He's Joe Manchin. I expect this to not pass the Senate. Oh God, me neither. Well then, I'm, at least not in this form. Well then, how do you feel about Democratic messaging now being hindered by what will be our main segment, the Cal Rittenhouse verdict? Like literally in the morning today. So we're recording this on Friday. Friday, the morning was all about build back better, build that better, build that better for about 15 minutes. And then after that, all Kyle Rittenhouse. And it just got buried. And I'm sure everyone will be talking about all weekend is the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. What they'll be talking about for the next week will be the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. And next thing you know, they waited so long and they eventually signed it on the worst possible day. Now they're screwed. They should have never passed the infrastructure bill without getting this passed at the same time. That was the plan. That's what they committed to doing. And... The they Progressive buggled. Caucus. Yeah, they buggled. Yeah, gave in. And yeah, you can say, well, there were some that voted no, like AOC, the squad. But they knew that they didn't need their votes. Right. So it was all perfunctory. It's all the things that we talk about hating in politics, the showmanship and doing things just as an act. And that's what that was to me. Well, and I think this is just a complete show of how chaotic where this should be in a like monumental win for Democrats. And 
it's still no one cares. It's it's worthless. It's not going to pass the Senate. We're going to try to get some extra headlines out of that. But Democrats are going to get anything out of this type of um, victory. And they gave up the leverage that they had with the infrastructure bill. Yeah. So now what can they what can they try to use? Who knows? And Joe Biden's having a colonoscopy right now. So it's like he's out of commission. <laughs> Come on, Kamala. Go get him, Kamala. Yeah, don't really have much faith there either. Go get him, Kamala. Come on. All right, fine. We'll move on. Next, we have some news coming out of the Department of Justice. Stephen Bannon was indicted for contempt of Congress, something that I did not think would happen. You didn't? No. I bl- I was under the impression that the DOJ would pass because they would be afraid of the idea of executive privilege being a part of this, that they would wait to see what the courts would file, basically what Steve Bannon said, that he was waiting to see if the issue of executive privilege would be upheld in this. I'm kind of impressed and pleased that they decided to just go forward and, and indict him anyway, because he, again, in my opinion, there's no question that executive privilege does not play any part in this because he was not part of the Trump administration during January 6th. Correct. And this is all, of course, part of the January 6th committee. Uh, They subpoenaed Steve Bannon and some records, uh, which, of course, he refused to show up. He refused the records. And it basically, by enforcing this contempt of Congress charge, which this came out of Congress, they voted, it does say that, yes, you have to answer a subpoena all throughout the Trump presidency whenever they subpoenaed anyone that was part of the Trump administration they just didn't show up they would refuse to show up and I remember talks about how Congress was literally losing their power because people were calling their bluffs and look at that nothing had happened because the DOJ wouldn't do anything about it and Congress themselves when it was Republican controlled of course wasn't going to do anything either right so this does uphold some of the power that Congress has to actually subpoena people and get them in front of these committees. They got a little bit of integrity back. Just a little bit. We're still in a negative, but just a little bit. Now, do I think Steve, this anything major will come out of this? That Steve Bannon will be charged with any sort of like real big thing. right like no he's I, gonna be in jail for five years no i, I doubt it no and not, i don't believe so either well and on top of that what are your thoughts on the idea of him becoming a martyr now i don't does anyone really care about steve bannon on the right i would say probably i don't know i mean he was crucial in a lot of the planning for the early trump presidency and he is kind of the mascot of that let's get the disaffected racists on our side yeah that's that's Steve Bannon's whole deal. He was uh, the editor for Breitbart when he first came into the Trump administration. But do I think this will be like some rallying cry if he does face consequences here? I don't I don't think they're really looking to embrace Steve Bannon. He's so weird and he's so obviously like openly racist where it's hard to want to be like, oh, he's our guy because he's much more outright with his racism and especially the, the type of stuff that Breitbart was doing at the time that he was there and he just looks like the Crypt Keeper, like a fat Crypt Keeper. I mean, you're right, but like we're about to talk about like Ted Cruz and Paul <laughs> Gosar in a little bit and I don't know. I, I think you're overestimating or giving like too much benefit of the doubt about how far these extreme right people are 
gonna. I think Bannon's been in the news too much. Okay, and so I don't. I don't think that they are going to rush to martyr him if if he does. But I don't think he's gonna face any major consequences anyway. That I don't think so either. I mean, he he won't get as harsh of a sentence as the QAnon shaman got <laughs> because he was seen as like the somehow the face of January sixth. So unfortunately, his costume probably got him, uh, you know, a much harsher sentence than he probably would have gotten otherwise. Right. So I think that's their mascot. I don't. I don't think that they're going to go after Steve Bannon in that way. They know about his close ties to Trump, and I just, yeah, I don't think they would. I guess it depends on what what they're going to find. He's not going to say anything, obviously, when he's in front of the committee. He's not going to incriminate himself. But I guess if he somehow provides documents that prove that he engineered all of this and knew it was going to happen then i guess but who's got those kind of documents laying around right exactly oh let's move on to my favorite story i'll let you introduce this one so this is kind of an old story but it's near and dear to many wisconsinites hearts we want to talk about because well again it's wisconsin and we just we have to we need to catch up some of us love the person in the story some of us hate the person in the story i mean i think the the verdict's pretty clear in this room here that both of us probably hate the person now in this story. Some of us for a lot longer than others. Sure, I'm going to go with that too. According to the New York Times, and what a great headline, scientists fight a new source of vaccine misinformation. Aaron Rodgers. Yes, the hated quarterback of the hated Green Bay Packers. So I'm sure many of you guys already probably heard about this and talked to death about this by now, because in Wisconsin, that's all we talked about for the last two weeks. So we're not going to break down the story really, but what's vent about it? Because I want to vent. I'm pissed. I'm so angry about this whole ordeal. So Aaron Rodgers mis- purposefully misled everyone into believing that he was vaccinated, even though he was immunized. I, I guess if you were really listening to that press conference, it should have raised some eyebrows. I'm like, wait, he clearly didn't really answer that question. But at the time, I guess it got glossed over when asked if he was vaccinated. He claimed to he said, yes, I've been immunized, <laughs> which I, when listening to that, I was like, wait, what is that for? First, I was trying not to rush when they're like, oh, Aaron Rodgers has COVID. He's on the COVID list. That means he wasn't vaccinated. I was like, wait, hold on. Why are we rushing to that conclusion? Like, look, I already hate the guy. I'm a Vikings fan. Let's not talk about what's going to happen on Sunday. Let's talk about what's going to happen on Sunday. (laughs) Um, But I was like, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Isn't he like a hippie from California? Why would he be anti-COVID vaccine? He seems like a, a, a kind of progressive guy. I've always felt like... Like, I don't want to ever meet Aaron Rodgers because I felt like he'd probably be a cool guy and then it'd be hard to hate him. Sure. But he's the quarterback of the Packers, so I have to hate him. Well, he also had this reputation of being one of the smarter, more intelligent athletes in our country as well. But apparently he takes this medical advice from Joe Rogan. Oh, my God. So, well, not only are we talking about him lying about taking homeopathic. Yeah, I think it came out that, like, his parents are chiropractors yeah. or something like that. So, yeah. so he was so taking, was like, like oh, homeopathic okay. medicine, and then he was talking about how he was talking to Joe Joe Rogan. Well, first, oh, let me rephrase this. He was talking to his medical team and his medical team, which who the hell knows what's on that, but apparently consisted probably of, chiropractors, but apparently it consisted of Joe Rogan, <laughs> where he talked to Joe Rogan and got him on ivermectin because um, Joe Rogan knew Dr. Pierre Corey, who we talked about in a previous vaccine misinformation episode. Yeah, Wisconsin. Also Wisconsin. Yeah, doctor who's crazy. And yeah, oh, guess what? Ivermectin does not prevent you from getting COVID. Big surprise there. Well, Right. And people are trying to compare him still to like Kyrie Irving, who is another mess in the NBA for 
many other reasons, but the idea that Aaron Rodgers explicitly violated protocols, lied to the public, lied to his own players, and then the ba- or, and the fact that the Packers themselves misled everybody as well. Yeah, because apparently the Packers knew. Yes. He, he was saying that his version of the medical protocols he was using to prevent COVID, which is just nonsense, you know, like we said, maybe it's uh, acupuncture or Reiki or it doesn't matter. It's not getting a vaccine, which is the only accepted method of uh, prevention. He considered that to make him at the same level as everyone that was vaccinated. So he felt that the rules did not apply to him because he's smarter than everyone else. And he figured out a different way to not get COVID, you know, the alternative medicine way. And then he got COVID because alternative medicine doesn't work. And he threw a crazy Halloween party where people had COVID and he came in, he got himself infected, violating a lot of the NFL's rules because he was not vaccinated and should not have had contact with the number of people that were at that event. So not only is that bad, but then after that, he went on Pat McAfee's show and started complaining about how he's being attacked and canceled by the woke, you know. And what a coward Pat McAfee is. Oh my God. He clearly did not believe anything that Aaron Rodgers said. If you watch it, he covers his mouth because he's laughing while Aaron Rodgers is telling him that he consulted Joe Rogan and started using Ivermectin. You can see Pat McAfee start to laugh and hide his mouth behind his hand and then not question anything Aaron Rodgers is saying, even though he clearly knows it's garbage. Because one, he doesn't want to lose having Aaron Rodgers on his show. And two, his co-host is AJ Hawk, former Packer and good friend of Aaron Rodgers. So Pat McAfee is a coward. Mm-hmm. Well, he really just let a ton of misinformation go right into the public because people are still citing that interview today. Yes. As again, oh, Aaron Rodgers just being persecuted by the left. Right. Well, that's what people are saying right now. Still, where they're saying, give Aaron Rodgers his bodily autonomy rights. <laughs> Shut up. Are you serious? And his whole thing was he, without giving any specifics, says that he is allergic to something that is in the mRNA vaccinations. Yep. And he would not get the Johnson & Johnson vaccination because of the reports. Because of the reports of blood clots, which, if you remember, that was early on. It was only women. And there were six, I think. <laughs> and it paused the rollout of the Johnson and Johnson vaccine while they investigated it and came to the conclusion that it was not causative from the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. Yep. So he's just ignoring all of that. Yep. Ignore all of the science that happened after they paused the rollout of the vaccine. But just the fact that they paused the rollout of the vaccine because there are reports of blood clots, again, even though it was reported by women, and it's like a type of blood clot that is specifically higher in female population and does not affect men at nearly the same rate, that was still enough for him to be like, well, I'm not getting that vaccine. That's science. Which I honestly just call nonsense. I'm sure he didn't actually care. He just made Right. He's going to come up with any reason. Like, well, that's right. the thing. He's always going to look for some reason. Well, but that's what makes me upset, too, is it's not about actually trying to find truth anymore. It's just about bucking the mainstream narrative. That's you all. know better. The doctors right. are all evil. They're all out to get you. It's all big pharma. It's all new world 
world order, one world government, Illuminati, everybody's coming to get me. Bill Gates, uh, what about the microchips? It's so ridiculous. And he just inflamed the entire state with his nonsense. And cost the Packers uh, what apparently would have been an easy victory over the Chiefs. Oh my God, tell me about it. But and even Jordan Love uh, is bad. D- don't, <laughs> don't talk that about first it. Sunday, Sunday. Uh, you got to just say Christian Ponder about that one. It's a higher first round draft pick. See, I I know how I am a Vikings fan. I know what hurts, man. Well, that was kind of the other thing too, where it's like I really wanted Jordan Love to do well, just so we can just say goodbye, Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> and you didn't do it. Goodbye. So, so I have another reason to hate Aaron Rodgers, and now I can feel good that if I ever were to meet him, that I would not like him. Yep. Because all I'd have to do is start talking about medical mis- misinformation, and then and Joe Rogan apparently. <laughs> And then he would bring up the the medical expert that he listens to, Joe Rogan. It's so infuriating, man. He made this so much worse. And sure, like, I don't know. And I'll still watch. It it just pushes this again further. This is what this article is about is now when people are talking about vaccines and, you know, it's going to be specifically the state of Wisconsin, but the Packers are popular, unfortunately, because I don't know, people are dumb in in, across the country. One of the most popular teams in sports. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is multi multi time mvp current reigning mvp it's a big deal when he says he doesn't believe the vaccine is safe well and that's what makes me so angry too because we live in such a world where quarterbacks are taken much more seriously (laughs) than doctors yes and no one finds anything wrong with that this whole thing now granted covid last year kind of put a big damper on like sports fandom for me just in general Mm. where i was watching sports and watching the brewers and packers and bucks i'm like yeah the bucks are doing great it's awesome but at the end of the day i'm like god this is all arbitrary bullshit man and now you're telling me that we have someone who throws a ball really freaking well is trying to go against mainstream medical science mainstream medical research and saying that i know better than i was and causing more people to not get vaccinated and making our lives a living hell because of it i don't give a rip and i don't care about the packers this is just not there's so many bigger things than sports and i really wish more people paid attention to that well said so let's move on. We have an update to our Rebecca Clayfish episode. She is suing the Wisconsin Elections Commission. How come? Because they didn't follow election laws by making it easier for people to vote outside of in-person voting, you know, during a pandemic. And we also have to ignore the fact that the Elections Commission is there to actually facilitate the election and they're well within their rights. Again, it's already been, they've been sued previously for this same thing by Donald Trump and all of those were thrown out of court so she's coming at it from uh, it was thrown out of court specifically because the state Supreme Court did not take the case because they said that it didn't follow the proper procedure it should have gone to the election commission first and then worked its way up Uh, but Rebecca Clayfish apparently thinks she can do exactly the same thing and is petitioning the state Supreme Court so Well, according to this WPR article, um, Clayfish said, our freedom, our way of life, and the future of our great nation all depend on free and fair elections. Elections where every voter can trust the process and the result. Nothing like hyperbole. Wisconsinites are sick and tired of unelected bureaucrats intentionally (laughs) ignoring the law. Now, you know what's actually really interesting about this? And apparently, I guess this is all about the drop boxes as well. Yes. And nursing homes and voting by mail. This goes back to that Racine issue as well, right? 
right? Is this part of that or no? Yes. Okay. So you know what's really interesting? I just recently read a 2021 study about the damage that's caused by election fraud rhetoric by the right, or at least predominantly by the right. And what they found was, and unsurprisingly, first and foremost, that it affects Republicans way more than Democrats and independents to believe this type of stuff, where they truly believe that they cannot trust our election processes anymore because of what this rhetoric does. And the problem is not only would they lead to much lower trust in the election process, which shows that it actually has lasting damage by this letter rhetoric. And that's what's used as evidence of fraud by the right. Like if you watch any of the the footage during hearings in the Senate, during hearings in state uh, commissions where they're talking about the election, they use that. They say, oh, well, 50% of people don't trust the elections, yes. so we have to look into it. Yes. Well, 50% of people don't trust elections because, because you, you said tell it. them that it's fraud. Yes. Well, and what's even worse is, according to the study, they found that when presented with corrective information from mainstream sources, it did nothing. It did absolutely nothing. They literally put tweets in front of people by like Trump and um, like any other Republicans who would talk about how the elections are rigged. And then literally right after that, they'd show them like an AP article about, well, here's why that's all wrong. And they literally went back and said, no, it's still correct. Because right, they don't trust. They were also taught not to trust the media, that the media is all lying to you, that everything right. you see is fake because the Republicans and especially Donald Trump will literally just ignore all of that evidence yes. and then tell you that it's 100% proven that they're right with nothing. As we saw from Rudy Giuliani's testimony, he didn't fact check any of the claims that he brought in any of those lawsuits. But it's not even just, it goes way bigger than that, where, where we talk about how Republicans and Democrats, or at least Republicans and everyone else, are living in totally different worlds and realities. That's real. That's very true. And it just keeps getting shown over and over and over again that when we're talking about people, these aren't just the few and far between. These are literally all your friends and neighbors who are too damn ignorant to look up a goddamn article because they see it once on Facebook and they don't know how to handle it anymore. And bringing it back to this story, this is the presumptive Republican nominee for governor next year saying that we need to change our election laws ahead of the 2022 governor election. So specifically what she has a problem with is the drop boxes that were used to collect ballots and during a global pandemic. She claims that the Elections Commission illegally allowed their use because there's no provision in state law that allows ballots to be returned other than by in-person drop-off to a clerk's office or by mail. Now, I used a Dropbox. It was directly outside of City Hall in the city that I live. Same with me too, by the way. And so my vote should not count, according to Rebecca Clayfish. I should have had to go into the clerk's office and hand it to somebody in the middle of a COVID pandemic. Which makes no sense. Instead of putting it in a box right outside the door. Uh a locked, secure box. Yeah, it's just like, you know, a mailbox. It's where people drop off their uh, checks and their money for paying yes. uh, their utilities. <laughs> oh, it's not secure enough, apparently. <sighs> it just, you know, if you give it to your mailman, that's fine, but not in this locked box right outside of City Hall. 
So the election commission has stated that no court has barred the use of drop boxes and that they continue to view the use of secure absentee ballot drop boxes as a decision to be made by local elections officials in coordination with their council. So every individual commission can decide if they want to use the drop boxes or not. Sure. But not according to Rebecca Clayfish. She should decide whether or not you use Dropbox. Well, of course, because where Dropbox is probably most predominantly used, Milwaukee, Madison, Eau Claire, blue areas. And the other part of the lawsuit is, as we said, there was an issue in Racine where one person in a nursing home voted that had been legally declared incompetent, probably for medical oversight reasons. You generally have to, they can't sign anything. So you have to have a judge declare them incompetent so that you can take care of stuff. I've been through all of this, unfortunately. And that's one case where that happened. And the lawsuit alleges that the Elections Commission, again, illegally allowed ballots to be sent directly to nursing homes where presumably the nurses helped people fill out their their ballots if they needed to. But the previous rule had been that you had to have special voting deputies go into the nursing homes. And only if they had gone there twice and hadn't been able to get access to someone, then they would be able to mail them a ballot. Mm -hmm. But again, during a global pandemic in which visitation was was shut down in, I don't know, I would guess every nursing home? I mean, that'd be kind of crazy if they didn't. <laughs> At least to just outside people that had no specific reason to be there. I could still visit my dad in the home that he's in, but again, that's a very specific, it was just me, and it wouldn't. I wouldn't have wanted some stranger to go there. He wouldn't have been able to vote anyway. And I did check, just to see. Well, maybe, maybe Rebecca Clayfish is onto something, and and someone voted using my dad's name because he's in a nursing home. No, that did not happen. Uh, this is always, as always with all of this, just tilting at windmills. But that's what the, the shadow government wants you to think. <laughs> you you were, the, they knew you would check. Yeah. They're always, yeah. A so that's ahead. why they knew that we have this podcast. Yeah. So they, yeah. And next thing you know, you're a useful idiot for the Illuminati. Way to go, man. <laughs> I hope you're proud of yourself. And, so, I, sorry, go ahead. and I do want to say that this elections commission, which Rebecca Clayfish is calling appointed bureaucrats, not elected, was put together by the heavily Republican controlled state legislature. Why was that, by the way? Because they wanted to take the power out of the hands of the local elections committees and put it into a centralized commission that they would appoint. Yep. Literally what's happening now is they're attacking their literal own processes and blaming them on Democrats. It's yep. insane. And that's all literally part of their plan. And I'm also going to include it. Um, there was a really good New York Times article today that actually breaks down the entire Wisconsin's GOP's push to take over Wisconsin's elections. It's really good. We kind of covered a lot of that already, but I highly, highly, highly recommend it because it's just, it goes into great deal 
from what Ron Johnson is doing, what Robin Voss is doing, you name it. So, And I did want to quickly, I'm not going to read all of these, but uh, the AP has an article of everything that came out of the, you know, the first audit that we did yeah. for the, you know, the one that was not run by a crazy ex- Cyber Ninjas. State, state Supreme Court Justice. Yeah! So there's over 3 million ballots that were cast in Wisconsin, and they found 27 potential voter fraud cases in those three 3.3 million ballots and half of them 16 more than half 16 of those 27 were actually in one one specific area and would not be clear if it was actually fraud or not 16 of them came from lacrosse where people used their address at a ups store as their their mailing address for the ballots which you're not allowed to do and so they were sent uh, letters giving them 30 days to register at a residential address uh, for future elections. So scandalous that 16 people in the small city of La Crosse, which is all the way on the western side of Wisconsin, registered with a UPS store mailing address. Clear evidence of fraud. They, they certainly flipped the election out there in La Crosse, those 16 people. So that leaves 11. So of those 11, four people voted both in person and absentee, uh, as uh, President Trump instructed people in, I, I believe it was South Carolina, to do. Uh, might have been North Carolina. Any of those confused. And one uh, was a convicted felon who did not know that he wasn't supposed to vote. He was on parole. And until he finishes the stipulation of his parole and, and gets that completely done, he's not allowed to vote. He'll probably face the most consequence out of anyone because that's what our justice system is set up to do. I'm sure he'll probably go back to jail for that, even though he did nothing really wrong. It's just someone trying to vote fraud, apparently. Right. And you had three people who voted in two different locations. Uh, one person returned two absentee ballots. And then the the one that we talked about in Racine, uh, of the nursing home that um, had been declared incompetent and was not allowed to vote. Okay. So that's it. Uh, that is the giant conspiracy that is by being led by the Democratic Party to make sure that Joe Biden was elected over Donald Trump. It was a small conspiracy, you know, 27 people, but that's that's the proof. That's all of it. I'm glad that we're spending millions of dollars doing another audit for whatever reason and that Rebecca Clayfish feels this is enough of a of a case to file multiple lawsuits and not just a publicity stunt to try to get more name recognition ahead of the Republican primary. So let's talk about more GOP craziness. Let's go to the culture war. The war on Sesame Street. The people who hate cancel culture, who think that free speech is the most important thing we can have in our country, are literally yelling at fictional characters because they got vaccinated. So let's cancel Big Bird. Let's do it. Let's talk about it. All right. So back a little while ago, maybe some of you have seen Big Bird's Twitter account announced that they recently got vaccinated. I think you have the tweet in front of you. You want to read it? So from November 6th, uh, from at Big Bird, I got the COVID-19 vaccine today. My wing is feeling a little sore, 
but it'll give my body an extra protective boost that keeps me and others healthy. And then uh, Miss Erica R. Hill even said I've been getting vaccines since I was a little bird. I had no idea. Which is true, right? They did a vaccine awareness campaign with Big Bird on Sesame Street in yes. the 70s. Yes. Before either of us was born. Right. So like, this is nothing new, literally. And this was just a vaccine awareness thing with Sesame Street. They did something with Elmo and I think Bird and Ernie as well and whatever, fine. And it pissed conservatives and Republicans off. <laughs> Like, really bad. Right. Like you would expect, again, this is PBS, the public broadcasting service. They're there as a public service. This is not like uh, your regular cartoon, like your Paw Patrol, which is just cop propaganda. But it's, you know, paid for by advertisers and it's part of a corporation and it's a marketing, you know, they sell stuff. This is public broadcasting. They are publicly funded and it is supposed to provide education and a service to the public. Of course, you would want ahead of children being allowed to be vaccinated. There's going to be children all across the country whose parents are going to want to get them vaccinated who might feel a little scared about it, right? They have to get another vaccine. Again, let's not pretend like we don't mandate vaccines for kids already. Like a a lot of them, you have to get vaccinated to attend public school. It was always a thing. We've always had vaccinations. And let's also not pretend that a lot of kids find vaccines and just shots scary big needles i want to put that in my arm sure okay fine you know right, and they're hearing all about it because yeah. it's big in the news i'm sure they talk about it in school yeah and you might be like oh i don't i don't know what's people are saying this is bad joe rogan's telling me i <laughs> i'm just imagining some like little four-year-old <laughs> with his dad listening to joe rogan all day long right joe rogan's Who's saying joe? that my heart's gonna explode yeah. where's my dmt <laughs> So Sesame Street has Big Bird, you know, do this as a publicity thing to try to ease kids' minds a little bit. They can go through this process with Big Bird and he can show them that it's not that bad and they'll be fine and ease their fear a little bit. Well, damn it, not on Ted Cruz's watch. No, the amalgamous blob known as Ted Cruz called it evil government propaganda. Even tweeted out a picture. It was that meme of Big Bird, like slam, like someone in a Big Bird. Yeah, it's it's, it's a meme. It's, It's. it's a funny thing. Um, basically kicking down your door and saying, Big Bird coming to vaccinate your kids. Other Fox News hosts listed it as child brainwashing. And this is the greatest line I've ever seen here from um, NPR. Other commenters denounced Big Bird as a puppet, literally, and a communist. <laughs> Big Bird the commie. Big Bird the commie puppet. Well, he is a, you know, part of a government run uh, TV station. So, And did you see what CPAC did? No. Oh my God. You have to go Google it. <laughs> the CPAC um, Sesame Street thing right now. You, you just have to go do it. So CPAC apparently has not invited Muppets <laughs> they, to the, the Sesame Street. Nope. Ha- CPAC uh, has barred Big Bird, Bert, and Ernie. Why specifically did they did they single out Bert and Ernie? I don't know. <laughs> Bert and Ernie did not get vaccinated so now, as far as I know. So again, CPAC, the, the freedom, crazy, right-wing, whatever and I saw convention. When we were Googling this to try to find this tweet, which says, Big Bird and Big Government Mandates? No, thank you. And they do the clapping yep. thing. Like I also saw where they called on defunding Sesame Street over an Asian puppet oh yeah there's that too so again this like we're against cancel culture no they're except hardcore every time something makes us mad which dude, is dude 
constantly. They are fighting against literal Sesame Street right now. <laughs> like, that's how far the conservatives and Republicans have gotten to this point, is that they are literally arguing for the cancellation of Sesame Street. Oh, there it is. There's Elmo. Elmo's not also Elmo not is invited. not invited. Which I could see why you wouldn't want to invite the guy who used to vote oh, isn't Elmo, it? but not... Um, it- it's just, I can't believe we're at this right now. Next thing you know, they're going to start attacking Barney. Well, they already went at, uh, didn't uh, Trump go after uh, Mr. Rogers? I'm sure. I thought we had yeah. that story, too. But, like, at, at what point, and I know, like, I already have the answer to this, but, like, at what point do you just go, man, our side's yelling at Big Bird. <laughs> Are we the good guys? I don't think we're the good guys. Big Bird is trying to have a public service announcement on the behalf of health safety. That yeah. son of a well, then let's finish this out. Let's talk about something that Republicans are totally fine with, though. And that is the real cancel, the the true victim of cancel, of cancel culture. culture, Paul Gosar. Paul Gosar, Republican. Horrible racist. Which we talked about before at a previous episode. So, Jason, you want to tell us a little bit about why Congressman Paul Gosar was so un-Americanly canceled for the most ridiculous, petty thing in the world? He retweeted from his account on Twitter a video now I've I'm not against uh, anime right I, I like some of it some of it's fine I watch it from time to time I'm not in I've, I've read stuff on what attack on Titan is and it seems like the craziest thing imaginable sure but it was a clip from attack on Titan which is as far as I can tell a show about giant monsters attacking a Where city they come in yeah to come and try to destroy and like eat them and stuff yeah like they and eat then- people and and then they try to fight back against them. And it it depicted one of the monsters as Paul Gosar killing another one that was had uh, AOC's face on it. So it was basically, I'm going to kill AOC and then also attack Joe Biden. And that's he retweeted that on his account, which you know, is somebody you work with, basically tweeting a video depicting them killing you. Well, not how, even just, how do you think that would work? Not even just working with I mean, yeah, like, I know there's a weird way of like talking about congress stuff like that, but like aoc and gozar were in the same committees right and he was tweeting out stuff about how he would kill AOC. right that, that he thinks it's funny that people are making videos showing him killing that's her. insane could you imagine if a democrat did this well again just put your in any place like at sure. your work sure yeah tweet right. a video that depicts you killing your boss your or your coworkers, coworkers or something like that and then how it what what do you think would happen i get a show on fox news <laughs> Like, oh, it's just all fun and games. I was just joking. What? That's not a joke. You don't do that. That's never allowed in any society. And reminding everyone that Paul Gosar was the person that his own family was campaigning against him when he was running, uh, saying how terrible of a person he was. Now, the good news is, like we said, the House did recently pass a resolution punishing Gosar and fully censuring him, which is kind of like the worst punishment the House can do. They removed him from two committee assignments. Yep. But what scares me, Jason? Vote of 222 to 207. Right, only a few. Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger. Yeah, the only Republicans. that, And one voted present, right? Somebody voted present. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, one one Republican voted present. Who? It doesn't say. <laughs> oh. All right, well, one voted present. What the hell, man? 
Because it's just a joke, Joe. We're just memeing. Just memeing over here. I'm not serious. It's just depicting the murder of your colleague. Literally, depicting the murder of your colleague is now a partisan issue. Nothing freaking matters. And during the, the discussion for this, crazy Lauren Boebert went on a tirade against Ilan Omar and other members of the squad calling it the Jihad Squad and saying that Ilan Omar is married to her brother. Oh my like, God. <laughs> oh my God. Jason, this country is doomed. Yes. Our politics are insane right now, and it's the GOP. They're not, it, the normal is gone. Like, anytime we're talking about, like, oh, we can't get rid of the filibuster, we can't stack the courts, that's too far outside of the norm. Where is the norm right now? Yeah. The GOP is the QAnon party. They don't live in reality. They don't care anymore. All they're about is winning. And if, to own the libs, and if they have to post the video of depicting them killing a a senator that they don't agree with then that's what they're going to do and did you see aoc's just hand slap this whole thing down i did see her speech her response and even before that too where where she basically just straight up smacked gosar down just called him you know a weak pathetic human being for even doing this to begin with what a freaking loser he is and good on aoc for taking the high road his own siblings are correct he is a horrible human being well at least there was one thing about that video he posted. He is a monster. And speaking of monsters, let's go on to our main segment. That was really a pr- productive segment, wasn't it? It's hard to get any word in with this clown. All right, Jason. Let's do this. Let's talk about the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. I will say I expected the outcome that we got. So I have not been paying attention to the day to day. I haven't watched any of the testimony. I haven't followed what the prosecution or the defense's side is. I'm still disappointed that the verdict we ended up with not guilty on all counts, but it's kind of what I expected going to happen. Yeah, this, this is unsurprising. And thanks for selling our segment a little bit there. <laughs> a lot of this actually comes from a couple of pieces that I watched and listened and read to that I wanted to share with you guys where emotions are really high. This freaking sucks. But I want to know, I want you to know why the verdict came down as it was. And I've seen a lot of misinformation, obviously on both sides. And now you have people praising Rittenhouse as a hero of the Second Amendment. But you also have people who are putting out crazy conspiracy theories that the trial was rigged all along, that the judge was in on it. So I just want to kind of talk talk a little bit about that. I think first and foremost, we need to discuss that while there was tons of crazy chaos about the judge, he actually didn't do as much wrong as what the media would want to tell you or make you believe. A lot of it was very sensationalized because the courtroom was sensationalized or the courtroom battle was sensationalized. But at the end of the day, when you actually look at legal scholars who are looking at this and analyzing this case, it was pretty standard. Even looking at, let's say, we'll talk about the misdemeanor. So Kyle Reynolds came in across state lines initially with it as a minor, as a minor with an AR-15, which is illegal in Wisconsin, to Kenosha, ready to shoot some people up. The judge correctly dismissed that misdemeanor based on Wisconsin's laws. It sucks and we hate it, but unfortunately, the way our legislature wrote our laws, and this this is the most insane thing I've ever heard, and maybe if I can find it, I'll link it, but this is actually talking about in the um, opening arguments episode, which did a great deep dive into misinformation about this, where they're discussing how, based on Wisconsin's laws, the fact that he he actually carried in a long rifle or a long barreled rifle that exempted him from the minor dangerous weapon 
weapon status of this law. We are a big outdoorsy state. There's a huge tradition of deer hunting here. So, of course, it is legal as a miner to carry a hunting rifle. Right. Shotgun or rifle. Long long barreled rifle, yeah. Right. So, not like a snub nosed shotgun or something. Well, like like a rifle, like not like an MP5. Right, exactly. And not a like sawed off shotgun and not a pistol. You can't. Exactly. So that's why they ultimately dismissed that charge. And I'm seeing a lot of information about how he just got away with it because it seems like an open and shut case, which it should be. He certainly was hunting, but not any legal hunting. Right, exactly. And I really liked um, Andrew Torres's response to this, which basically he said in his episode, which we'll link, in Wisconsin, you can actually be in violation of the um, minor in possession of a deadly weapon law if you had things like throwing knives, brass knuckles, but not a long-barreled rifle. So keep in mind, it's not the fact that the judge or the trial was rigged. Our laws are literally written by morons. And that charge also, if that's the only thing he was convicted of, you'd have to pay a fine. That'd be it. It's a misdemeanor. And that's it. That's all it would be. So there's that. Let's talk about the big counts that came down today. Like you said, Jason, I really wasn't surprised after hearing it. There was so much insanity with the prosecution and their takes on the whole matter and the fact that whether it was intentionally or not, they screwed up with providing proper evidence to the defense was insane. Well, that, I mean, so a lot of the things, if we're just going to, I just want to say this about the whole issues with the judge and people being so upset about that. I'm not someone that watches like court TV or sure, like sits in courtrooms or anything, but I'm certainly aware that judges think of their courtroom as like their fiefdom. They control their courtroom and some judges are very aggressive about that. This judge was very aggressive about that. It's not anything really unusual, but yes, judges can be dicks, especially if they feel like you're trying to get over on them in their own court. Like that is going to enrage most judges. Like how dare you come into my courtroom that I am the ruler of? And pull a fast one. Right. And that's pretty much what happened with the prosecutor. And the judge felt like the prosecutor was trying to ignore his instructions and trying to ask questions that he had basically instructed them that they weren't allowed to ask. And yeah, you can listen to the opening arguments episode. They do a pretty good job of going into specifically how the judge worded it, where, yeah, it's open, like somewhat like, like I really, you know, hope you don't do this or I'd really say that you shouldn't do this and you could say well he didn't say no but when a judge tells you he really doesn't want you to do something you don't Don't do do it it, yeah and that's what happened here and the judge got very angry at the prosecutor and rebuked him and yes there some judges are big fans of drama and they want to do things in front of the camera and they want you know they they have personalities and they want that to be in front of everybody and that seemed to be what this judge judge was doing and does that mean that he had a side that he was biased no it means that he's kind of a jackass older judge and he felt like the prosecutor was trying to to get something past him and he wasn't going to stand for it and he wanted to make a big deal of it so there's all that and then it comes to the idea of self-defense obviously this was mostly fought on self-defense grounds the prosecution tried to argue the point that he actually by crossing state lines with a gun he wasn't supposed to have into a hostile area after curfew means that he does he waves his right to self-defense and even then there's also issues that the opening arguments podcast also talks about which is 
the issue of how our um, provocation laws with self-defense are written, where they're so screwed up and leaning towards you're allowed to basically almost stand your ground in Wisconsin that almost anything's permissible. And that's kind of where this unanimous verdict came from is because, again, at the end of the day, it's not about whether or not he was actually guilty of it. It was about our laws are screwed up and the trial was based on our screwed up laws. And if we want to stop this in the future, we need to change our laws. But what I also want to talk to you about, Jason, is the court ruling aside, what do you think this verdict will do? It's going to, one, make Kyle Rittenhouse a right-wing celebrity. I'm sure. He will probably forever be on all like the CPAC conferences and all this. You're going to see him at all those as a speaker. Same thing what happened with the McCluskeys. He's going to be on Fox News or Newsmax. He's going to be in a bunch of advertising. As much as, you know, he uh, pretended to be in so, so remorse and so upset about what happened we saw immediately after and the the days after after he was allowed to go back home by the police who never arrested him or did anything even though they were told that that guy just killed people Mm -hmm. that he was taking pictures with his supporters and his fans uh you know big smile on his face thumbs up the only reason they were taking a picture with him is because he killed two people yeah Uh, if i felt remorse that i had to in self-defense take other people's lives and someone came up to me and was like hey you're the guy who killed those people great job let me take a picture yeah can we get a selfie i would probably punch that person in the face yeah i agree Uh, and i would not be taking a picture with them so to me no he he didn't show any remorse and what this will do is just empower people to want to do it his life is now better because he murdered two people he faces no consequence and will for the rest of his life be a celebrity, be that guy. He'll never have to to buy a beer in a redneck bar again. Uh, any country music concert he goes to, he'll probably get pulled up on stage to uh, raucous cheers. This is just going to empower other people to want to go. Although the next time there's going to be a protest, ah, go there with my gun and kill people. There's It's legal. All you have to do is instigate a fight, and then when anyone challenges you, you shoot them. And that's fine. It's self-defense. They were going to punch you. You can shoot them and kill them well so that's why i wanted to ask too right now so one thing that came up in my feed and i wanted to see what your thoughts were about this obviously a lot of statements were done today from democrats and such but there was one from obviously one of our old guests jessica katzenmeyer who put out this um specific statement vigilantism has no place in our country unfortunately the recent verdict regarding kyle rittenhouse is an example of a system which legitimizes the dangerous behavior the fact of the matter remains that rittenhouse should have never been in kenosha with a gun that night anthony huber and joseph Rosenbaum would still be alive if he made the right choice. Now, instead of coming together to fix issues and systemic inequalities our communities faces, extremist groups are praising Rittenhouse as a hero. This verdict will only embolden their behavior. My question to you about that is, what do you think this says about extremist groups and how they'll take this? And will this actually start really emboldening more people to show up with guns? Well, certainly, they're they're they. It's a huge victory. They're the winners in all of this. Kyle Rittenhouse was cosplaying as a proud boy sure why did he have an ar-15 well because that's the gun you get if you're someone who is trying to uphold this image of these white supremacist militia groups that you see you saw it in michigan uh when they stormed the the capital over mask 
mandates. Sure. And the curfews and all that. You saw it on January 6th. You see it anytime there are these armed white supremacist groups, these conservative militias. I don't even know what you want to call them, but we have the Boogaloo Boys, Proud Boys, whatever, real patriots. They have the tactical vests. They have the AR-15s. They got sunglasses and beards. I think Kyle's you know, probably a little young to grow up. He looked like he's a little baby-faced yet. Um, I'm sure eventually he'll have the big operator beard <laughs> to, to complete the outfit. But that's what it is. You're cosplaying as like some big gun badass, and you go there hoping that you get the opportunity to shoot people who disagree with you. And that's the opportunity presented itself for Kyle Rittenhouse. He murdered someone. Um, you know, as they always say, the only thing that will stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Well, other people tried to stop Kyle Rittenhouse, who had just murdered someone. And apparently it's self-defense uh, to just keep shooting people who are trying to stop you yeah. after you've killed someone. So if you're in the situation where you know you do shoot someone and that starts like a big mob uprising against you because you just keep firing just keep going it's, it's all good well, and I really liked, um, I had to look it up as well, Thomas Smith's um, recent post about this, where he said, one implication seems to be that if you carry a gun and encounter someone else who carries a gun, be the first to yeah, shoot. shoot. Yeah, because only the survivor will be around to claim they felt threatened. Mm -hmm. I totally agree with that. And that's why we need to fix our um, self-defense <laughs> gun laws. It, yeah, it's well, just awful. gun laws in general. Well, sure, the just gun laws in general. But, guns, yeah. but for goodness sake, like, it was related to this. Our self-defense laws are abysmal. And let's be real here. Like, yeah, we're not great compared to other states as well, but we're still like miles ahead compared to like Texas and Florida. It's right literally now too. the Wild West. You know, you get into a gunfight, all you have to do is survive. It's insane. You kill the other guy, and then you're you're fine. You're just like, hey, it was a gunfight. What do you want? So, I mean, I don't know. I. I don't want to beat this to death. I'm pissed about the ruling, but I'm not surprised about it. Right. That's the reason why I haven't been paying attention because I expected this to happen. I did not want to get emotionally invested in a process that I knew was not going to work out. Right. And if you want to complain about anything with the judge, I mean, it's not necessarily the judge's fault. It's more of the system itself. Yes. But they did not allow a lot of the background stuff for Kyle Rittenhouse to be presented to the jury. The, the fact that he had made statements about his willingness to kill people in order to protect property previously. Mm -hmm. But yet you see in other cases like Trayvon Martin, where literally anything that they've done... They bring up in court. Yeah, like, oh, he, he smoked weed and got arrested for it five years ago. Well, what does that have anything to do with this? Well, it, you know, he's a thug, so that gets introduced. And that's, I mean, the, the Trayvon Martin case is a good parallel to this one because it's very similar in the fact that someone brought a gun into an altercation and then shot and killed someone who was unarmed and their defense was well I felt like my life was in danger mm -hmm. well you threatened someone with a gun I bet they felt that their lives were in danger too who was who was right in this case and unfortunately as you just said the person who lives yeah unless you're black then it's never you <laughs> and it's uh, you're you're right. always in the wrong yeah but if you're white you know and it's fine 
fine. Even if the other people are white, that's fine. But if you're white, just kill the other person and that, and you'll be all right. Yeah. So I apologize. I'll say we should end it there. So I don't know what else we can even say at this point. I'd say do your homework on this. Check out the sources we have in our show notes. Check out the analysis um, about why Cowan House was acquitted and why we need to fix our gun laws. And it's not a conspiracy. It's literally what the system is designed to do, which is protect the wealthy landowners. Exactly. So check that out. Check out the opening arguments podcast episode. We'll link as well, which is debunking a bunch of conspiracy theories on the left, um, which were very disingenuous about this trial. And keep up the good fight. You know, this is tragic and so unfortunate for so many people, especially in Wisconsin, especially in Kenosha. Keep fighting. Keep marching. Keep making sure that we're going to fight and have a brighter future than it was today. And we won't see you next week. Next week is Thanksgiving. uh, So everyone have a a good Thanksgiving. Spend some time with your families as long as they're all vaccinated. I did just get my booster shot last week. I'm not qualified yet. (laughs) They'll give them to anybody, Joe. You just got to go. I wasn't in the list yet. Yeah, it's fine. They were not. They don't ask anything. (laughs) Just just go. If you're in Wisconsin, at least I think it's really most of the country. Anybody out there that wants to get their booster shots, just go. Um, I just went to CVS. No one asked me anything. It was I presented it as a booster shot. That's what they wrote on my card. Uh, There was I I do qualify. I'm I'm a a bit overweight, so I would qualify based on that. But uh, it doesn't matter. Um, If you want to get your booster shot, go get your booster shots. Every most people are they're getting up to there to the six month period uh you should get it studies have proven that the efficacy of the vaccination is starting to wear off yep as we're heading into the winter season and then obviously last year this is when numbers started to spike tremendously we are seeing a spike again in wisconsin it's up to um higher than we've had all of this year so far so yes very important do get your booster shots i know it'd be more important to use those shots for the rest of the world but that's not the way it works if you don't get those shots at the places walgreens cvs whatever your pharmacy yeah they're not at the end of the day they don't ship them off to to africa or uh, places that have low vaccination rates they just throw them away so please use them uh get your shots stay healthy until then see you after thanksgiving everyone thank you for listening we hope to see you in the next episode you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at ThinkProPod. You can email us at ThinkProPod at gmail.com. And remember, when in doubt, think progressively. Scientists find a new source of vaccine. Mis- what? Oh, good point. Scientists find a new source. <laughs> he said it again. Damn it. <laughs> so this is a re- the presumptive Republican nominee for mayor. Or the pre- <laughs> <laughs> Just do all that again.